Welcome to Eerie Query, the podcast where three best friends share weird tales and weirder questions, all from a queer perspective. I'm your host, Jordan, and I'm here with Allie London and Brie Brubaker. Woo woo! And I think <laughs> start I the a little woo woo after my name. Yeah, let's start the cringe real early for this episode. No, it's only really when it's spelled woot. Oh. Can I get a woot woot? Or when no, that go, was pretty bad. Beep, that was pretty beep. cringe. Or beep. when you go. Um, no, uh, this is the year we're leaning into cringe. <laughs> cringe is cool. You just got to own it. Well, speaking of cringe, are you ready for some cringe answers to your question, Brie? Uh, yeah, I'm so ready for some answers to my cringe BuzzFeed style question. <laughs> oh my God, please. <laughs> Nothing more quintessentially chuggy millennial than BuzzFeed. Truly. And knowing just exactly what vine are you this vine is plant as inspired by ali not remembering that vine was a social media platform <laughs> oh we're doing fine vines now i just don't have social vines yeah so uh yeah jordan oh i think mine's pretty easy it's like the only plant i buy i would say a pothos Oh, but they're so basic. They're so basic, but they're so dependable and resilient. They're also like the one that I associate with straight women. Mm. I love a pothos. Don't get me wrong. Like a marble queen. mm, Love her. Yeah. But I do. I always see pothos in straight ladies houses. Well, I just like that your pothos will be like little and cute. And then a month later, it's sprawling and it's got its hooks in your wall and it's just overtaken everything. Absolutely. I mean, they're popular for a reason. True. That's the thing with all basic chuggy things like BuzzFeed. <laughs> I would say oh, those are chuggy. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I don't I don't associate that with you. So it's interesting. I just don't think I know enough plants. I, I think you're dependable. Yeah. You're reliable, but you can be a little unpredictable. So yeah, it makes mm. sense that like one day your plant would be small and the next day it would like be taken over. Yeah, I yeah. feel that. Thank you. I, I appreciate you recognizing yeah. my inner plant. I see you. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Allie? I am ivy on the side of a British estate. Oh, English ivy. Oh, okay. English ivy. I like that. I like that. Just as I'd like to climb English houses, like I'd like to climb tall English men. Oh. Uh, yeah. Sure. I mean, get that's em. that. Get get your little Doctor Hudussy. <laughs> I just we... wasn't expecting the tall in there. <laughs> oh yeah. Because yeah, your fiance is not mm. tall. He's also not English, so yeah. He looks kind of. We're, English. we're allowed. He does. What? He always talks about how he's Italian. Yeah, he doesn't look Italian. I love you, Ben. He does. He's got the English coloring. Okay. Did you just say he is English? No. Oh, I'm losing my marbles. He looks English. Oh, okay. Just coloring wise. Okay. Paper thin skin and blonde hair. To be honest, um, his hair does not scream British to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is neither here nor there. I, I, You're also- allowed to also be interested in climbing <laughs> men that aren't your fiance. It doesn't have anything to do with you. Yeah. Uh, ben but um you know it's free i just one podcast this podcast is haunted one of the hosts talked about climbing tall skinny boys like a tree and it has forever stuck with me oh well yeah absolutely and i mean like yeah i like it yeah i like it okay yeah what are you brie fuck uh i don't know (laughs) (laughs) um that's how you got here okay i think I think I'm a purple queen because I am pretty vibrant. Mm -hmm. I I would say that about myself. I like me Um, and really surprisingly durable. Um, But, you know, I can't survive with no water for over a month or I will die. (laughs) But you'll come back. (laughs) Reasonably. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, Yeah. I got Brie a water bottle for... A birthday gift to guilt her into drinking water for once. <laughs> she she did. She gave it to me and said, you are not allowed to put anything but water in this. And then gave me a sticker knowing that 
having a stickered water bottle to carry around would actually get me to drink water. Mm. It worked. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good tactic for Brie. If that's not love, I don't know what is. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad we all know kind of our plants. Nice. I'm not, I'm, it's it's a very important. Question. Now we know our vines and our vines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Heart and soul. Truth. I need, I need a third vine so it can be our sun moon. <laughs> sun moon rising. Oh, God. Your, your vines. Mm. I, don't, I don't. Not coming to me. No. I'm thinking red vines or <laughs> Twizzlers. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> what red vines are you? I'm the red vines, red vines. <laughs> Not black licorice. God, no. I'm a Twizzler. No. I'm a Twizzler. I hate yeah, red vines. No, yeah, Unacceptable. I, I like both. Can you like both? Yeah. I, Is that legal? I twizzle both ways. Wow. I twix. I think that might be. <laughs> I twix. <laughs> I twix. I do love the twix. <laughs> Incredible. I was going to say, I think that might be one of the gayest things ever. I like both. <laughs> but also like. I'm just being stupid. Can we cut that? I'm dumb. I <laughs> know <laughs> it's Stan. I'm no. sorry. Again, no. offensive edits. <laughs> That's always the real gamble. Fair enough. I did accidentally leave in the guys. Can you pause this? I really have to pee in one episode. So we know. <laughs> I'm gonna go back and cut it, baby. <laughs> oh. It's already been published. Yeah, they've heard. Yeah, but you can. Oh, re-upload a new. True. At least eight people have already heard it, though. <laughs> they did. It's forever burning their brains. All twelve. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Really? Oh my god. No, I'm just saying numbers. Oh. Wow. Way to get us excited. <laughs> we love like we love all sixty-four of you. Yes. All a thousand and thirty-seven. Twelve million five hundred and four. We're manifesting. 12 billion people. More than this earth. I was going to say. <laughs> we reach other I dimensions. I was going to make that joke, but then I couldn't remember how many people were here. <laughs> In this room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you guys ready for a story? Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Aye, aye, Captain. So, here's a story. No boy <laughs> named Brady. <laughs> we could keep this going all day. <laughs> But I don't know. It's just like, I don't know when you're listening to this, but when we're recording this, it's fall. The leaves are now all over the, laid upon the earth. And this is winter. I would call this fall adjacent. Really? I don't know. It was like, what, 65 degrees yesterday? It's Ohio. It's a Texas winter. It's going to oh. be 42 tomorrow. I f- yeah, it's going to get cold. I hate it. But anyways, I think we're still in like that kind of like campfire story yeah. mood. Uh, yeah. All the time. Campfire stories go year long. That's true. Sorry, we have just been like, fuck you, Jordan. Stop <laughs> telling us what it is. Yeah, well, I guess, well, I guess we could let you tell us your story. I will say you're definitely not going to see me around a campfire in the heat of the summer or the middle of the winter. So this is all you guys get from me. This is it, so savor it. You don't you don't do a spring campfire? Maybe spring. But the bugs. The Dead of the, winter. The, the I'll glamp in the spring. I'm not gonna camp. I'll gleek on you. You think I'm yeah, back? Gleek. <laughs> gleek. No, no gleek. I know what a gleek is. I'm I, gleeking all over this mic. I I don't, I don't. Oh my god, we used to do this all the time in high school. You put your tongue on the roof of your mouth and push up and you project spit out of your spit ducts i just always called that um doing that thing that dinosaur do in jurassic park <laughs> yeah do that thing that dinosaur do bb <laughs> that's gleeking but it's also um if you're part of the glee fandom you're also a gleek that's why i i knew that and that's why <laughs> i <laughs> green screened wait also that's blue screened I'm sorry, everyone. I have to apologize. I'm on a copious amount of Sudafed. I green screened my life. I'm blue screened. And I resent you saying that, of course, I know what a gleek is because <laughs> fuck you very much. I'm not one of them anymore. No, never. You don't have to be Yet. one to know what they. I, no, stop this. 
Stop it right now. Bully Breed 2023. <laughs> At least I have everybody's attention. <laughs> she, you like, like me. You really like me. Me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jordan, so we can let you tell your story. Your All campfire right. story. We need to stop flirting. So. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm going to leave. I'm going to give you guys a moment. (laughs) We also haven't hung out in quite some time. And now we usually. (laughs) I was going to say yesterday. That hardly counts. I was only there for like 10 minutes. The story. Yep. About a lovely lady. (laughs) I want to derail us too. It's not fair. You guys get to. Three queers with ADHD. What will they think of next? Not what we're supposed to be doing. A lovely lady. <laughs> Just, like, Just that. Just that. All right. So the story, you may have heard it before. It's called We Used to Live Here. So obviously, because we do tell spooky stories, historical events, whatever we want to talk about on the podcast, I've been going back into like my favorite no sleep posts. Mm-hmm. And this one, I don't know why it's really good. It came out about a year ago. I have no clue what this is. Oh, I'm excited. Um, but I've only read the first part. There's four parts. <laughs> because five. I just never came back to it. The And the reason it kind of came to my attention is it's actually been picked up to be a show on Netflix. Oh. So I'm like, we got to see like the OG content. Because you know we're going to be watching it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into it. I'm just going to start here. Um, I will warn you all, it's a long story. We may have to segment this episode, so. I love it. Our first two-parter. Yeah, for real. If we keep talking, it's going to be a three-parter. Most likely. I mean, we're definitely going to. (laughs) All right. Silence, crackling of the fire. I'm an ASMRist. (laughs) Okay. That was a seagull because we're doing a campfire on the beach. What are we at right now? How long have we been recording? <laughs> 30 minutes. Dear fucking Lord. <laughs> the family on my doorstep look normal enough. Normal in a 1950s sitcom kind of way. Tall, handsome dad, petite, blonde wife. Behind them, <laughs> three young blue eyed kids lined up by height. One girl, two boys. This was the type of family that showed up early to get the front row pew. Hello, miss, said the father. Sorry to bother you so late. Hey, how can I help you? I grew up in this house. Oh, nice. He cleared his throat. Would you mind if we showed the kids around? Like, inside the house? He nodded. Show them where their dad grew up, if it's not too much of a problem. Oh, I'm... I'm not sure. My girlfriend's coming home soon, and... The mother winced at the word girlfriend. What the fuck? Almost like someone had spat in her face. I pretended not to see it. Almost like they did what that dinosaur do. They creaked. (laughs) (laughs) You had no idea how relevant all of this shit was gonna be. Right. Or at least we didn't. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say... Mom, I'm ratting you out. My mom once brought me and Sosa when we were real young to see her childhood home. And some guy who lived there saw us, opened the door, and gave us a tour. And he said the same thing. Like, "Uh, my girlfriend's almost home, I guess. And we went in this stranger's house. Just like a young woman and her two tiny children. That was, like, so normal for the time, though, I feel like. Like... Like, if this was posted one year ago, that's weird as shit. Yeah. But, like, when we grew up, yeah, that was normal. You know what's weird? Huh? My neighbors. So, I, like, lived in a town that was, like, in cold. Just think in cold blood. Yeah. So, I read that book and I started locking my doors. I think we've already talked about yes. this. Um, so, we didn't lock the doors. And my neighbor walked in with her old neighbor. So, the woman who formerly owned our house. To show her everything we had done to the house while we were in the pool. What the fuck? So she walked in, gave her a tour, came out to the pool yard and was like, 
oh, this is so-and-so. I just showed her what you did with the house. And she was like, you sure did make a lot of changes. My mom's an interior designer, and they were definitely changes for the better, but this woman was very upset. Wow. Um, it was so strange. No. It was so, yeah, anyway. So. Oh, my God, that would piss me the fuck off yeah, but it's like normal for people to think that they can do that yeah is yeah. i guess i would be like if someone if like random people showed up the kids would like make it not i was weird but i would be like you're probably trying to canvas my house to rob me uh, people bring kids to canvas houses and shit that's true. yeah to me it reminds me of cult vibes mm-hmm. for real lined up by fucking height if they're not like side-eyeing each other pissed uh, yeah this isn't the sound of music so yeah. no no this is brady bunch the father smiled. We only need 10, 15 minutes tops. Yeah, I just, we're still moving in and it's a bit of a mess and say no more. He put his hands on up in a little surrender and stepped back. This was all very last minute and thank you regardless. Muted disappointment fell over the kids' faces. We'll give you a proper heads up next time, he added. Maybe be passing through in another year or two. They all turned around and started back down the snow-covered driveway. Watching them go, my ever-present, people-pleasing personality kicked into gear, right on cue. Wait, I said. Fifteen minutes? The father looked back over his shoulder. Tops. My girlfriend Charlie and I had just moved in. A killer deal on a two-story at the end of a quiet suburban street, all all surrounded by rolling hills and old forest. Barbie's gothic dream house, Charlie joked. It just needed some work, but that was our thing. Fix up old houses, flip them, move on, lucrative, if you do it right. The neighborhood felt good, too. A young married couple from across the street, Harpreet and Miguel, even invited us over for a game night next week. An actual game night. Two married couples playing board games. Isn't it like the settling down suburbia dream? Granted, Charlie and I weren't married yet, but we talked about it. And for some reason, this house was starting to make that feel possible. Anyways, there I was, alone on a Friday night, when this excruciatingly perfect family showed up on my doorstep. I followed them through the upstairs hallway. This room used to be painted blue, said the father, pointing into a green-walled guest room. He strode forward, and his family followed. This room, he nudged open a half-closed door, used to be the library. Now it was just a storage room. Well, that's what it was and is until we figured out what to do with it. He kept walking, sharing a brief mundane fact in each doorway, and then he stopped in his tracks as if remembering something. Turning around, he stared at the wall, puzzled. What happened to the dumbwaiter? The what? I'm already fucking in. (laughs) Oh god, please. (laughs) Dumbwaiters just make everything scarier. Yes, and I would kill for a hidden one? Oh. Yeah. Kill or be killed for a hidden one. And I'm okay with it. Mm. Oh, probably okay. Diane one. I'm over the weight limit, so I would sink <laughs> that bitch. I mean, I think anything under over like twenty pounds. My God, I, the dumb waiter scene in Haunting of Hill House That's is my favorite. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he slid his hand down until it snagged. Leaning forward, he squinted. Beneath the wallpaper was a square bump, a handle. Huh? He stepped back. Looks like somebody covered it up. He glanced towards the kids. There used to be a dumb waiter shoot here. Went all the way down to the basement. They stared at him, confused. It's like a mini elevator, he explained. We used to we used it for laundry. The kids nodded. Their mother checked the time on her wristwatch, then crossed her arms, impatient. As the father moved on, his family trailed behind. He stopped at the last room, a closed door, and reached out. He froze, silent. This used to be your Auntie Ab- Abigail's room, he said, setting the door setting the door like it was a sad painting. A strange gloom hung in the air. Sensing a private moment, I cleared my throat. Feel free to keep showing yourselves around. I'll be downstairs if you need anything. Nope. He looked back at me and smiled, grateful. Yeah, I would not leave strangers in my new house. Nope. I want to know what's up with the fucking aunt. I want to know everything. Yeah, I would creep around the corner. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I was downstairs now, hammer in my hand, prying rusty nails out from above the fireplace mantle. Judging by the discolored rectangles on the wall, several small paintings used to hang here. But they must have been hung crooked. All shifted a bit too far to the right. Just as I wrenched out the last nail, the family filed into the living room behind me. The father strolled over to the basement door. 
Your grandparents used to measure our heights here, he said, running his hand over the frame smooth white finish. All painted over now. He tried for the handle, locked. Looking towards me, he opened his mouth to speak, but in the kitchen, the oven timer went off. One second, I said, setting down the hammer. I crossed over and turned off the timer. The father blinked at me. Can we go into the basement, he asked, hands still gripped around the doorknob. Oh, shoot. I shook my head. Sorry we're renovating down there. Lots of tools laying around. Not exactly safe. Opening the oven. I pulled out a steaming roast. We'll be careful, he said. Lights are out, too. I set down the roast. No work lights set up? Not yet. His face twitched for the briefest of moments, then all smiles. He released the knob and backed away from the door. All right, no problem, he relented. I hadn't even been down there yet, but according to Charlie, the basement was a little fucky. Wait. <laughs> I have so many questions. That can mean so much. <laughs> An old labyrinth patchwork which, with extra bits added on over decades. According to the neighborhood legend, the house architect was a little eccentric, to put it lightly. Sounds like a familiar house to me. <laughs> I would pay a million dollars. I feel like in haunted houses, like weird renovations and shitland additions just seems to be like a common theme. What do you mean you would pay a million dollars? You lived in that house, Allie. I'd buy a new one. You're wrong. Um, and then immediately regret it. <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> Ma'am, back, no. And if you haven't read Haunting of Hill House, it talks extensively about how Everything is just slightly off, like the corners, the angles, the doors, so things like get stuck or you can't tell where you are. Uh-huh. I love that thing because I, mm-hmm. I really do think there is type of madness in some houses. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you have to wonder if the madness like brings in something unwanted mm-hmm. or if unwanted things are created because of that madness too, something mm-hmm. I've always been interested in. On a different kind of spooky note uh when you said the basement was fucky it reminded me a little bit of when we moved into this house (laughs) because there was that swanky basement room with the shag carpet and wood paneling and super that weird electric stuff hanging from the ceiling with exposed wires but also there were rumors from the neighbors (sighs) About why they sold the house. Did I not tell you that? No! What the fuck? Oh, he had an affair with his sister-in-law. So, <clears throat> oh. we were like, this is definitely yeah, the room. Yeah. So we just got rid of everything. Yeah, good. What panel is going next? Don't take a black light to it. Oh, God, no. That carpet came out before anything. Good. <laughs> good. All right, gang. Let's head out, said the father. Don't want to overstay our welcome. He motioned his family to the foyer. But as they filed out, he um, meandered his way back towards the kitchen. Thanks again for letting us take a look around. He said meant a lot to the kids. No problem. Didn't look like it meant shit to the kids, but I kept that to myself. Lingering at the edge of the kitchen, he glanced back towards his family as if making sure they were out of earshot. Content, he turned to face me curious. "This, This is kind of odd, but did you ever notice anything? A commotion in the foyer cut him off. Excuse me, he went to investigate. Intrigued, I followed. By the front door, the two young boys argued over something while the mother tried to calm them down. Where's Jenny? said the father. No response. The boys kept arguing. Where's Jenny? he boomed, voice resonating with sudden authority. The room fell silent and everyone looked around. No Jenny in sight. She she was just here, said the mother. Jenny, the father called out, no response. He sighed, rubbing his temples as he turned back to me. I, I'm really sorry about this, Jenny. Our youngest, she likes to hide. Hide? So why did the mom go, she was just here? And not like, oh, it's Jenny. Yeah, I. Weird. I, yeah. I think it's been kind of shown that the mom is a little like between the teeth in her actions and composed. I don't know. I'm curious to see their motives, though. Yeah. Spontaneous hide-and-seek. We've been trying to correct it, but... Jenny, the mom called out in the background. We should find her easily enough, he continued. Gosh, this is so embarrassing. He shook his head, blushing. No, no, it's okay. He turned away. Jenny, come on out! 
he said, trying to hide the irritation in his voice. As the family searched the house, I wandered up to the front door and stared out the window. Now, gentle snow was falling. Where was Charlie? She should have been home 30 minutes ago. I pulled out my phone in two missed calls, both from her, of course. I called back. Three tones rang out. Voicemail. Hey, Charlie, I said. My phone was on silence. Call me back when... Upstairs, someone whistled. One of the boys had found something. Call me back when you can. Drive safe. Tucking my phone away, I hurried upstairs. The family stood, huddled in the middle of the hallway, facing the wall. Stepping forward, I peered over the mother's shoulder to see what was what they were investigating. A hanging flap of wallpaper had been torn back, revealing the dumbwaiter chute. Rusty metal door ajar. No elevator cart inside. Fuck. This could only mean one thing. Jenny, the missing kid, was hiding in the basement. Was that her choice? Her dad set her up for that so she could look at the fucking basement. I bet it's dad. Ooh. I have tingles. I'm so excited. Flashlights in hand, the father and I descended into the darkened staircase. I would have sent him down alone. Mm-mm. I would have gone down alone and left the dad upstairs. I'd be like, get out of my house. I'll go find her. I wouldn't trust him not to lock me in my own basement. Yeah. Plus, like, I don't think he would leave if his kid was still in the house. Also, he's obsessed with his own, like... His old house. Like, I feel like that's, like, the kind of vibe that gives me, like, heebie-jeebies. Yeah. So much for the basement being off limits. The rest of the family lingered behind us wary. At the bottom of the steps, the father looked around and huffed. His light scanned through the rickety shelves, aging support beams and sagging cobwebs. Down here, the dad almost seemed nervous. Like, this place brought up bad memories. Know the basement well? He asked. Not really, I said. Charlie's more familiar with the layout. Charlie? Oh, that's my girlfriend. Right. Don't think I caught your name, by the way. Eve. That's a good name, he said. I'm Thomas. My wife's Paige. You can call, just call the kids headaches. One, two, and three. He glanced at me, expecting a laugh. I managed a polite chuckle. Squatting down, he swept his light over the floor. She's probably in full-on hiding mode now. We should split up, cover more ground that way. Uh no yeah right also i really thought i did not realize this narrator is a lesbian woman and just thought that the mom's face twitched because they were living in sin (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) i mean they still they're not married it's true they're still living in sin but i did not get that (laughs) (laughs) i furred my brow skeptical you have to be quiet thomas pushed off his knees to stand If you see Jenny, try and grab her or she'll just run away and hide again. She's fast. His voice strained with exhaustion of having done this one too many times. Is your child a fucking rabbit? Yeah, this child creeps me out. Like a mouse little hiding away. It's a changeling. Yeah. (laughs) It went very different directions. (laughs) And I'm here for both directions. You sure? Just grab her? Yeah, it's fine. All part of the game. Looking to his right, he whispered, I'll go this way, you go that way, he nodded to the left. Sure, I replied, still unsure of his plan. He turned and disappeared around the corner. I moved left and was greeted by a long, empty hallway. Creepy. I trudged forward. This sucked. And Charlie was right. This basement was fucky. All sorts of nooks and pockets. What does fucky mean? Does it mean you want to fuck there? Does it mean it's weird? Does it mean it's gross? It means it's, it's like on the verge of collapse. You've oh. never, you've never used that. This is no. So I'm like, is this just a horny basement? <laughs> horny alley. No. Yeah, yeah. I can't let you and your family down there. That basement is horny. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Rounding the next corner, I shone light into a garage-like room, mostly empty, save for a row of metal shelves. And sitting in the far corner, coat rack beside a dozen or so empty pictures, a cold draft pushed through me. Shivering, I stepped forward and something clattered against the concrete. Startled, I turned over to look and across the room, a tin can rolled over the floor. A mess of nails and screws. Lots of screws in this fucky basement. (laughs) Got him. Great. Now the stupid kid's going to step on a rusty nail, get tetanus, and the parents are going to sue us. I strolled over, set the flashlight down, and used my hand to sweep nails back into a tin can. As I swept, the flashlight started to roll away. Uneven Mm. floors. Nice. 
I set my foot out to block it and something in the beam of light caught my eye. Or rather, hundreds of somethings. Uh. Ants. A oh, trail no, of black no, ants. no, no. I have a traumatic ant story. Oh, oh. No. Me too, weirdly. A trail of black ants marching Ugh. along the bottom of the far wall. Fantastic. Add pest control to the unexpected expenses list. Frustrated, I grabbed my flashlight and slogged over. The ants led around the corner, deeper into the basement, all marching in the same direction. Is that normal ant behavior? Aren't they supposed to march both ways? Vague memories from a Nat Geo documentary echoed in my head. Shrugging it off, I followed the trail, rounded the corner into another long, uninviting corridor. The ants trooped into a receding darkness. I could almost hear their little feet tapping against the concrete. Where were they going? Curiosity building, I kept, I crept forward. Halfway down the hallway, they took a hard turn into a makeshift wine cellar. I stepped inside. I can think, I'm so sorry. She's following the ants, okay? Uh-huh. But she's like, where are they going? And all I can think of is this girl in this fucky basement going, Hey, man, I ain't cotton on Joe. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Because all I hear is, we're going through the woods. On and on we go. I like that one. Stone floor, arched great ceilings, <laughs> old empty barrel racks. The room almost looked medieval. The ants ran in a straight line towards the furthest back corner, disappearing out of sight. I will say, out of all of the pests, ants are probably the least alarming. They're like the most innocuous. Yeah. Not when they're in mass amounts. Sugar ants and stuff. Oh, the flying ants. I mean, flying, I mean, like, sugar ants, I feel like, are the most common to be in your house. If so, it's like, a teeny ant, I'll hold it. If it's a multiple ants, I'll burn them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I crossed over and hunched down. They filled into Sorry. a crack at the bottom of the wall. What's on the other side? I raised my flashlight in. Behind me, two quick fo- footsteps scraped over the concrete. I spun around about 30 feet away. and the room's interest stood the father. Back turn. His posture was strange, almost rigid. Arms straight at his side, flashlight aiming at the floor, motionless. Hey, I called out. No response. I stood back and glanced up around the room. He was blocking the only way in or out. Thomas! Silence. That was his name, right? Clearing my throat. I stepped forward, growling pit of dread in my stomach. Was I about to call out again? But he started whispering. Talking in the blank space in front of him. What are you doing down here, Abby? We've been looking everywhere for you. <gasps> Thomas? That's gotta be his, his, oh, he his said sister. His sister, yeah. yeah. His Abigail. Yeah. The fuck? Thomas, I said louder. No response. He just kept talking to the dead air. Exasperated. I'm not sure how much longer we can do this, he said. I thought you were on board. I moved closer, reached out, touched the back of his shoulder, and... Holy Christ! Thomas spun around, setting a hand against his chest. You're, you're a quiet one, he exhaled, catching his breath. Is this one of those ones where there's somebody living in your fucking walls? Because that is my worst fucking nightmare. That is actually what I'm afraid of. I hate it. I hate it very much. It's why we have an attic that is unlivable. I'm scared, but I like it. No, all those like, like. Where people, like, crawl through the walls or you see people, like, going into the kitchen, like, Mm -hmm. on camera and stuff. That freaks me out so much because there's something. That's got to be what this is. I hate it. No, I don't want to. I do, I do. (laughs) I stammered, still in a bit of shock. Collecting himself, he chuckled. Almost gave me a heart attack. I called for you, like, three times. Who were you talking to? He stared at me, sincerely confused. Come again? You were whispering. He shrugged, unsure of what I meant. Disturbed, I looked back over my shoulder, just in time to glimpse the last of the ants receding into the wall. Any luck, he asked. Turning back, I shook my head. He nodded. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) Caught a glimpse of her, but she slipped away. Anyways, we should head up. Jenny will get spooked down here soon enough. Put up the white flag. I agreed. Besides, now I just wanted to get the fuck out of this basement. Upstairs, the rest of the family sat around the living room fireplace, comfortable. Battles of the wills now, said Thomas. His wife gave a slight nod. Still unsettled, I wandered off in the foyer by myself. Why weren't the kids more concerned about their missing 
kid? Why weren't they more concerned about their missing kid? What happened in the basement? And more importantly, where the fuck was Charlie? She should have been here an hour, like an hour ago. No, oh, yeah. No. Where the fuck? Like, you should have been like, you people can wait in your fucking car. Yeah. Right? Wait in your fucking car. Bye-bye. Call the cops. This is an active, like, construction zone. Like, yeah, they need to get fire men down there, Yeah, so. there's no just like, yeah. oh, we'll wait until she gets scared. And if your girlfriend's not home, call the authority. And she have someone there. take that dumb waiter back up, which is incredibly yeah. dangerous. Yeah. The front door swung open and Charlie stepped through. I'm late. Roads are shit. Getting shittier, she said, shaking off snow. I'm glad she's okay. Thank mm-hmm. I was God. I was worried. Yeah. What's up with the moving truck? The what? There's a one ton parked at the end of the... As if to answer her question, the father stepped into the foyer. Charlie shot him a puzzled look. This is Thomas, I said. He grew up here as a kid. He was just showing his family around in. And our daughter is playing solo hide-and-seek in the basement, he said apologetically. Oh, yeah? My brother used to do that. She shot out for a handshake. Name's Charlie. Charlie Bastion. They shook hands. A firm, single handshake. Charlie Bastion. Killed Thomas Smashed. <laughs> Charlie was my emotional polar opposite. Chill with everybody. Confident, extroverted, trusting, and direct. Good at setting boundaries, too. Any hidden rooms or ghost stories we should know about, she asked, hanging up her jacket. Thomas cleared his throat. It's a ghost-free house, he smiled. Anyways, don't let us spoil your night. She'll give up any minute now. Just seen her hold out too long. Never seen her hold out too long. We can go sit in the truck if you want some space. So there you go. They're willing. Yes. Charlie scoffed. Get the fuck out. Right. Charlie scoffed. Still in the truck. You might as well come join us for dinner. No. (sighs) Bad choice. Bad Charlie. I I think we'll be all right. We had a big lunch. Lunch? Come on, join us. Eve always makes more than enough. Thomas smiled tepidly, looking like he didn't want to impose. Part of me wanted to grab Charlie by the arm, tell her to drop it, but I didn't. She hadn't seen Thomas's whispering episode in the basement. That being said, maybe I was overreacting. Had a bit of a reputation for that. Sure, he relented, but only if it's not a problem. He glanced over at me as if checking for my approval, but I just shrugged, looking away. Wouldn't be offering if it was, said Charlie. The fireplace crackled. Wind outside billowed. The creaks and groans of the old house filled the silence. Minus the daughter, we were all seated around the dinner table now. Charlie reached out across and grabbed a wine corkscrew. Maybe the kids will smell the food and give up, she said. Chuckling softly, Thomas picked up his fork and Thomas, his page, his wife. He sat on the fork, cleared his throat. Would it be all right if we said a quick prayer before eating? Charlie shot me a look. Not wanting to impose, he said, "Is this is your house overall. And I said, yeah, it's okay, I said. Grateful, he smirked, bowing their heads. They shut their eyes. Why smir- smirked is a weird word for that. Yeah. It is. Don't smir- You and I both were like, yeah. Uh. I'm like, pray, cool, I'm in. Smirk, fuck you. I never had a problem with prayer. Grew up in a religious household myself. I still value some of the lessons, but for every great lesson, there was something that made me question who I was. Paige cleared her throat. We'd like to thank Eve and Charlie and the host of this house for allowing us to eat with them. Considering how traditional this family appeared, I would have expected Thomas to lead the prayer. But as Paige prayed, I glanced over at Thomas. His eyes were wide open, staring blankly at the tablecloth in front of him. He looked distant, almost out of place. Was he even religious? I mean, down in the basement? He took the precious Lord's name in vain, so... Paige continued... We'd like to thank God for our health, our family, and our friends. We thank you for allowing us to have a fresh start as we move across the country. Amen. Amen, I mumbled, an old reflex back from the dead. Charlie shot me another look, this time with a, pl- with a playful smirk. I glanced away, embarrassed. So you're moving, huh? Twisting the cork out of the red wine bottle. Charlie poured herself a glass. What prompted that? Needed a fresh start, said Thomas. Where to? asked Charlie. Oh, downstate. This is delicious, by the way, Paige cut in, looking at Charlie. It's really appreciated. Don't thank me. Eve's the master cook tonight. Charlie held up the bottle. Wine? Thomas shook his head. We don't drink. Very wise, said Charlie. 
She glanced at the two boys. Listen to your parents, kiddos. Paige smiled, opened her mouth to speak, but a techno cover of Beethoven's fifth cut in. Dun, 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 dun. A techno one? Charlie pulled out her phone. My bad. She muted it. <laughs> Who has had that as their ringtone? Like, that was a popular ringtone for your parents in the early 2010s. <laughs> you said this was posted last year. Uh-huh. But it doesn't mean it was set last year. Yeah, because this reminds me of, like, the old Nokia. Yes, t- absolutely. My bad. She muted it. As she went to put it away, the screen caught her eye. Oh, shit. She held it up for me to see notification oh so we know it's a smartphone oh i mean i think it was hard to actually set your ringtone to no on a nokia so i think i'm making that shit up but the early motorola's yeah absolutely dangerous driving conditions along the number five (laughs) connector winter time tires recommended hmm said thomas roads are getting worse charlie tucked her phone away hopefully the kid shows up soon huh she will we just have to give her space Charlie glanced at the time. Looks like she's going out for the hide-and-seek record tonight. You guys got winter tires? I used to drive long-haul trucks year-round. We'll be fine. Charlie grabbed the salt. There's some tire chains up in the attic. We'll be fine, he insisted. Paige looked at him concerned. You sure it's worth risking? Mouthful of fold, he half-shrugged. Paige deflecting Thomas's ah! indifference. <laughs> I'm so sorry I got scared. He was cricket. The cat sneezed. <laughs> <laughs> cricket. Paige deflecting <laughs> Thomas's indifference, shifted topic. Are you married? Us, I asked. She nodded. Charlie almost scoffed. Nope. Paige nodded again as if to say I was expecting as much. Are you religious? She asked, looking directly at me. What? Me? No, not really. I mean, I used to be. I only asked because I noticed the Bible was in your living room. Oh, that was a gift for my parents. We used to go to church together. Smiling tight. Paige jabbed her fork into the roast and started sawing it with a steak knife. What about them? Who? I asked, starting to feel interrogated. Your parents, do they still go to church? Yeah. What denomination? Lutheran. And they're aware? Her eyes flicked to Charlie, then back to me. Aware of what? Paige glanced at her children as if following the words might be too much for their innocent ears. Aware of you and your friends' lifestyle choices? They are lifestyle choices. Poison her. Right? Yeah. Um. Tell her to stop eating your fucking food and tell her her child can walk home. Bye. Right. Bye, bitch. And they I'll get her an it. Uber. Get the fuck out. Yes. <laughs> Probably no Ubers running, though they'd be real expensive. Mm. Blizzard surcharge. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uncomfortable. I opened my mouth to respond, but Charlie cut mm. in, chewing on a mouthful of roast. What about yours? Paige looked at her. Hmm? Your parents, they know about your lifestyle choices? Paige furrowed her brows. I don't understand what you're getting at, she said pointedly. Paige, Thomas intervened. That's enough. Paige stared at Charlie for a long moment, but Charlie didn't break eye contact. Finally, Paige looked away and returned to eating. As a chronic conflict avoider, I was actually relieved that Thomas stepped in, but Charlie, she was chomping at the bit, ready to fucking battle. Had I not been there, she would have gone at it until Mary Magdalene started crying. I was only curious, Paige relented. Right, then a blistering gust of wind slammed against the windows. The house lights flickered. Thomas looked over his shoulder. Hopefully the power holds out. He turned to the table. Went down all the time I lived here. He said, trying his best to change the topic. How long ago was that, by the way, sir? (laughs) Fuck out! The rest of the meal dragged on in a tedious silence. The table had been cleared. The kitchen had been cleaned. Now I was leaning over, setting kindling into the fireplace. Outside it was a full-on blizzard, wind whipped back quick pulling into the snow frenzy. Thomas had already gone down to the basement several more times, but still, no Jenny was in sight. I still couldn't shake how calm he and Paige were about it. Calm might be an understatement. It was bordering on apathetic. You better hope she's in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like this at all. I'm starting to wonder if she exists. He saw her at the start. That's true. But also, like, if she was outside, mm-hmm. she's out. Like, she's done. Right. Yeah, she's gone. And gone for. Mm-hmm. 
Eve, said Thomas, stepping into the living room. Yeah, I replied, crumbling a ball of newspaper kindling. Know of any motels by chance? Hmm, nothing close by that I can think of. Silence hung in the air, almost like he expected me to say something more. I continued, I mean, worst case scenario, you guys can crash here for the night. No. Uh, yeah. Also, she left them upstairs. Yeah. So they probably opened up the dumbwaiter while she was downstairs. Yeah. Made it look like the kid was down there. The uh-huh. kid's in the fucking car. The kid's in the truck. Ooh. Ha- yeah, have they even checked all the rooms? Did she's n- she's not there. This is a ploy. Yeah. That's that's the that's the gambit. Yeah. The kid's gone. They live there now. <laughs> I regretted the words the second I spoke them. But in my defense, their daughter was still missing. What was I gonna do? Send them off into a blizzard one kid short? Yes. yes. <laughs> are you sure he said we wouldn't want to impose we can so don't sleep, right we can sleep in the truck too you've already done so much no it's fine well thank you eve i'm sure jenny will show up soon but just in case she doesn't that really means a lot to us can we compensate you financially for all this trouble too yes <laughs> that's okay nope pay me for my time and you should pay me an extra bonus for your wife being an absolute twatmanot <laughs> exactly <clears throat> but sure enough jenny remained a no-show about another hour clocked by until the family finally retired for the night i would not feel comfortable just like knowing my kid is running around. i would be up that no. entire night also oh this is a record for her yeah mm-hmm. letting a stranger stay in your house even if they're part of a family mm-hmm. even in this situation would be so uncomfortable and knowing they're homophobic like I just, I would have, be like, okay, we'll bring in the fire department. Mm-hmm. They'll look for your kid. Exactly. And you can leave. Yeah. About another hour clocked by until the family finally retired <clears throat> for the night. The two boys into the, an upstairs guest room, Thomas and Paige into an adjacent bedroom. Despite being married, they didn't sleep in the same room. Yikes. I almost felt bad for them. Alone at last, Charlie and I shared a blanket on the living room couch. The warmth of the fireplace filled the room. Charlie leaned forward, grabbing a bottle of wine off the coffee table, noticing the hammer and bent nails from before. Took out the nails, I explained. She looked up at the empty wall. From above the fireplace? Yeah. What? That's where I was going to hang our crucifix. I smiled. Stop. Leaning back, she twisted the bottle opener into the cork. You seem to be on edge tonight. Is something up? I mean, besides our new roomies. I just... Something feels off about them. Agreed. But something feels off about everything to you. She popped the cork out and started pouring herself a glass. We love a good gaslight. Right. Also, there's a fucking child missing. Like, yeah, things feel off. Also, if I'm staying in a house with a bunch of people I don't know, I don't want to sleep in the floor yeah like, i don't want to be exposed i want to be able to lock my uh-huh. room. Mm-hmm. i know i just i need specifics before you got back thomas and i were in the basement looking for a kid and charlie finished pouring set the bottle down and looked at me attentively she used to say i overreacted to things but lately she'd been working on her empathy and active listening skills the effort was appreciated in the Fair. wine cellar i continued i heard footsteps and then when i looked back the dad thomas he was just standing there Back turned, blocking the entrance. I called out like three times and he didn't respond. He just kept whispering to somebody named Abby. I think that was his sister's name, but there was nobody there. And then he just snapped out of it. So he was standing in a doorway whispering? Was he talking to the daughter, maybe? No, her name is Jenny. I don't know, I sighed. Maybe I'm overreacting. What do you think? About the family? Yeah. Charlie took a long sip. To me, casual bigotry aside, she handed me the glass of wine. Mm -hmm. They seem pretty unremarkable, or at least at the very least. I doubt they're gonna be they're gonna murder us in our sleep. Charlie, you're a dumb bitch. (laughs) I'm sorry, sweetie. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. As Charlie shifted her weight, a shiny glint caught my eye. I turned to look. She was wearing a new necklace, a thin silver chain with an oval locket. What's that? I asked. It's a necklace. I rolled my eyes. Charlie reached down, popped open the locket. It held up. It inside was a photo. A blurry picture of me hiding my face behind a single hand. I remembered the moment instantly. When we first started dating, Charlie always joked about how less than zero photos of me existed. I was notoriously camera shy. Still am. 
So one day, Charlie, 35 millimeter Pinatex in hand, snuck up from behind me, but I saw her at the very last second, turned away, held up my hand, and hid my face. Close call. Charlie clicked the locket shut. It's the only known photo of Eve Palmer, she said. When did you get it made? Today in town. Little cheesy, huh? No, I think it's sweet. Charlie was never the sentimental type, but I was a big sap, so the locket was a welcome surprise. We stared into each other's eyes what felt like for a long moment, and then... Behind us, Thomas steps into the living room, groggy, rubbing his eyes. He glanced down, surprised to see us there. Hey, said Charlie. Mind if I sit? He asked. Sure, I relented. Yanni- he has his own room. Right? Yeah. And, like, did they not know they were sleeping in the... Yeah, could they not put them together? Would they know? This man should know how many fucking rooms are in the house yeah. he grew up in. Yeah, and him and his wife were sleeping in separate rooms. Like... Yeah, like... A little weird. Where else are they going to be? Okay, sorry. Continue. No, no, you're good. Yawning, he wandered over to an armchair beside the fireplace and slumped <clears> down. <throat> Flickering shadows danced on his face as he flicked around the room, looked around the room. His eyes seemed to fill with memories. After a long, ponderous silence, he finally spoke. My parents, they used to make a stand over there in the corner over there, he pointed across the room, called it the quiet corner. Chuckling, he leaned back in his chair. His eyes caught the bottle of wine. May I? Go for it, said Charlie. He leaned forward, grabbed a spare drinking glass, and poured. So much for not drinking. Trouble sleeping, asked Charlie. Setting the bottle down, he nodded and took a sip. Your kid should... Your kid should give up soon enough, she assured. He nodded again, detached. They're not even ours, he said, looking into the fire now. They're my wife's deadbeat brother-in-law's kids. We adopted them. Uncomfortable silence. That's good for you, I offered. I guess, he shrugged. Didn't have much of a say in it, though. Taking another sip, he turned away from the fire. Sorry about my wife's comment earlier at the dinner table, he said grimly. I never got the obsession with the people's personal life with other people's personal lives. Pretty sure Jesus has more important things to worry about. Truth. Mm-hmm. Charlie and I nodded, appreciating his effort at the very least. He seemed well-meaning. He chugged the rest of the wine and set the glass down. Anyways, mm-hmm. I'll let you be. He started to stand, but earlier I said you wanted to tell me something. Thomas stared at me, puzzled. Before your daughter started hiding, you asked if I'd ever noticed anything. I clarified. Oh, he said, understanding. It's stupid. He waved a hand. It's nothing. He returned to leave, but wait, said Charlie. Now I'm curious. He sighed. It's just weird things happened here when I was a kid is all. What kind of weird things? Charlie never believed in ghosts, but she sure as hell loved hearing stories. So did I. I mean, I don't think it's haunted, Thomas paused, debating whether to share more. Relenting, he sat back down. He let out a long sigh and then, we'd been living here for about three years when my sister started to believe the house was changing. She'd wake up not recognizing her own room, said weird things like the walls were a different color now. The furniture was getting swapped out, but she was the only one who could see it. To everyone else, myself included, it was just the same house it always was. He paused, rubbing his square chin with a knuckle. Mom and Dad told her it was just nightmares, delusions, but then she started forgetting faces. People she had known her whole life became strangers, he sighed regretfully. Our parents never took her to the doctors. They didn't believe in that. They believed in prayer, so we tried that for a half a year or so, and then she just vanished. Thomas went silent, eyes flicking back and forth across the wall. One winter, she just disappeared in the middle of the night. Police did a three-day search. Nothing. Okay, first of all, winter. Yeah. Second of all, what the fuck? Just three days. Yeah. Also, this is reminding me a lot of Hill House, potentially. Mm. But about one week later, a witness came forward. They said they saw a young girl down by the river that night, standing on the Kettle Bridge. Cops said she probably jumped. Case closed, right? Made sense to my parents, but I just... He furrowed his brow, weighing his next words carefully. It's strange. But part of me wonder if she never even, if she ever even, Thomas paused for a moment. Despite all the searching, the diving teams, they never found anything. And I just, he stopped himself again, then looked towards us. Anyways, that's about it. 
he said with a somber reality, eyes apologizing for the dark story. She's giving his... Okay, either he's a really great actor because... Yeah. Or she's giving his facial expressions way too much credit. This is a rehearsed story. Yeah. It seems like it. Because, like, leaving off on the, oh, well, maybe I wonder if she even ever left the... And he knows she caught him whispering. Uh, yeah. So the whole thing, that's it's the, pl- it's the plot. Or it is also that and he's a little, like... The house makes people crazy. It can be both. I, it could. I think this man is evil. Mm, I believe it. I'm really sorry to hear about that, said Charlie. He gave a slight shrug and turned towards the fire. Guess I thought coming back here would bring me some sort of closure, but... He trailed a silence. Muffled wind. Aching creaks and groans from the house filled the empty space. I didn't know what to say. Thomas's gaze drifted into the blank painting paintless wall above the fire paintingless wall above the fireplace mantle his face twitched ever so slightly anyway he said i should get back to sleep he pushed up standing good night night he drifted out the room and went back upstairs charlie waited a moment to be sure he was gone what the fuck (laughs) girl yes fair enough fair he went to bed shortly after charlie was out in five minutes flat but only after hearing that story, I lay wide awake, staring up at the stucco ceiling. Considering what had happened, why would anyone bring their family back here? How was he even sleeping while his daughter was still missing? I couldn't shake any of this. But finally, after two hours or so, I somehow managed to fall asleep. <coughs> A distant clang snapped me awake. I sat up, listening carefully, wind outside, clock ticking, Charlie breathing. Okay, you're fine. Climbing from bed, I stretched up my arms and shook out my hands. Maybe the dad's story was getting to me. Either way, I needed a glass of water. Downstairs in the kitchen, I sipped lukewarm tap water from a tall glass, ruminating on the strangeness of everything. When will that stupid kid finally show up? Across the living room, the basement door was wide open. Maybe the kid finally caved? No, 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 no! (laughs) Setting down the glass, I crossed to the top of the steps and peered down uninviting darkness no thank you i was about to close the door when at the bottom of the stairs a small silhouette motionless child size enveloped by shadow jenny the missing kid i squatted down to appear less intimidated in the same way one does when trying to coax an unfamiliar cat hey jenny i said almost whispering your parents are really worried about you do you think it might be a good time to come back upstairs her head tilted but otherwise she remained motionless Now I could see the slightest glimmer in her eyes, reflecting the moonlight. A long silence dragged by until I realized something else. She wasn't blinking. Ten, maybe twenty seconds had gone by and she hadn't blinked, not even once. What the hell? And then, as if reacting to my realization, this figure slowly rose to stand. It wasn't child size after all, it was only hunched down. Now standing at the full height, the person at the bottom of the stairs must have been at least six feet tall. In one quick motion, I jumped upright and slammed the door shut. Then I scrambled upstairs with record-breaking speak. No fucking thank you. I shook Charlie awake. What? She mumbled. There's something in someone in the basement. Charlie blinked at me. Yeah, the kid. No, an adult. <laughs> Charlie shook her head and reluctantly pushed up to sitting. How do you know? I saw them on the stairs. They were tall. Charlie sighed. I could tell part of her wanted to believe me, but mostly she was just tired. In her defense, I had a long history of freaking out over things that turned out to be nothing. Was it dark, she asked, trying and failing to sound patient. Yeah, but Eve, she said, I'm exhausted and still a little drunk. Can we figure this out in the morning? Charlie, I know what I saw. I know, I believe you, but not enough to look around the basement in three in the morning. I I didn't want to let it go, but Charlie was close to breaking... Her breaking point and barely awake on top of it. Okay, I relented. Maybe she was right. Maybe it was a trick of the light. Maybe my paranoia was getting the better of me once again, but... Charlie rolled away and goes back to sleep. I sat up right behind her in bed, staring at the cracked open door until finally I fell asleep too. A warm beam of sunlight roused me awake. I looked to my side. Charlie wasn't there. Stretching my arms, I climbed out of bed and yawned. All the strangest of yesterday felt smaller in the morning light. 
Like a fading nightmare, I stepped out of the hallway and the smell of breakfast filled the air. Eggs, bacon, coffee. The only meal Charlie knew how to make. (laughs) (laughs) Downstairs, I wandered into the kitchen, but Charlie was nowhere to be seen. Instead, Thomas stood over the stove, humming a happy tune. Making scrambled eggs, his family, minus the MIA kids, sat at the table. I lingered on the edge of the kitchen at a loss. Thomas looked towards me and smiled. Morning, Eve. How did you like your eggs? How do you like your eggs? Where's Charlie? Who? My girlfriend? Oh, she mentioned something about picking up a generator from town for the basement. I raised an eyebrow, leaving without telling me that wasn't like Charlie. She didn't want to wake you, he said. Everything okay? Yeah, I'm good. Unsettled, I stepped around the corner and pulled out my phone. Time to call Charlie. I tapped the screen and nothing. I held down the power button, nothing. Dead battery? I placed... I paced up to the bedroom and plugged it in. Still nothing. I blew in the socket. Nope. Factory reset, nada. I definitely charged this thing last night. Did Charlie unplug it and put hers on? Maybe. Regardless, I kept my phone plugged in, just in case it started working again. I returned downstairs. Back in the kitchen, Thomas had joined the rest of the family at the table. Can I borrow your phone, I asked. He looked at me, chewing a mouthful. He swallowed, don't have one. I blink. I blinked in disbelief and Paige looked at Paige. Can I borrow yours? She shook her head. We don't have phones. A modern family without cell phones? That might be the strangest thing to happen yet. What was going on here, frustrated, and getting more weirded out with each exchange, I turned to the foyer. Just borrow the neighbor's phone. Halfway across the living room, I stopped short. Above the fireplace where I had removed the nails, a large, unfamiliar painting now hung. A large Mm -hmm. painting of a tree line, the edge of a dark green forest, vaguely familiar. What the fuck? It looked old, almost menacing. (gasps) I glanced toward the living room coffee table. The hammer was gone. Did Charlie put it up to troll me? Maybe, but it seemed a bit much even for her. Throne, I continued for the front door. I needed to phone Charlie now. Wait. Dressed for winter, I stepped down into the driveway, and my heel crunched against something. Looking down, I lifted my foot. Buried in the snow was a small, shiny object. Charlie's (gasps) locket. (gasps) What the actual fuck? And that's it for part one. Holy fuck. That's good. It is good. Yeah, because I feel like I have it all figured out. And then I'm like, oh, things are moving. What if she's Abby? But then, no, I'm definitely back at the, this man is evil. This man is evil. The whole family is evil. <laughs> I only picture them in all white, like the Riverdale first episode with the twins. Yes. I yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. Picture them like that. Oh, they do give really big blossom energy. Uh-huh the fuck this is so good you said there are four parts there are and the first part is pretty long so hopefully the next episode we'll be able to get two and three but i think this might be a (gasps) three-parter fascinating i love it please stay tuned tell us how creeped out you are i yeah how many how many nightlights actually i I assume we're at we're at nightlights i'm at night it's it's pretty spooky i would give it a solid three out of five What about you, Allie? Three or four. Yeah. I'm creeped. I would give it a four. Um, this is one of the things that does actually keep me up at night. Yeah. So um, more in my last apartment than um, the house, but still. Uh, when when they sold us our house, they didn't give us all the original key. They didn't give us the original key. Oh. So that was like when we first moved in, I was like... I actually read a true story about a woman who had moved into an apartment. I'll make this real quick. And the woman who had lived here before her kept the key and the new apartment owner never changed it. So that woman actually broke in to her house while she was in the shower. And she saw her through a reflection in the mirror in her. She had like a a little tiny hand mirror in her shower. And she saw the woman sitting there and she did everything she could to not scream. Uh-huh. She had like a detachable shower head uh-huh. and she turned the water all the way to scalding hot, uh-huh. waited for it to get super hot while the woman was waiting in the shower. And then she had to jump out of the shower, spray the woman who had broken in the face with the scalding hot shower and just bolt. 
And that woman was like holding a knife when the police found her. Like she was there to murder her. What the fuck? Yeah. Jordan, you know I have stuff happen in our shower. <laughs> That's I I am one out of twenty reasons why I'm afraid to shower with my eyes closed. <laughs> Stay tuned. Gonna be It'll now. be an episode. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, what the fuck? I will say with the shower thing. The other day this is new. I think I told you. Uh-huh. I don't know if I told you. So when I was sick, whenever I'm sick, stuff fucks with me. Yeah. And the other day, I was getting over a cold, and I had had the same thing in my shower fly at me while I was showering again since the last time I was sick. Yeah. But then, in the middle of the night, it was 3-ish a.m. in the 3 o'clock hour. Oh, I love that. Love it. I woke up to pee. I go and pee. Sam fucking loves hair ties. When he gets a hair tie, he's yeah. so cute. Yeah. He rolls around the bathtub with hair ties. He's adorable. He's adorable. He just loves making so much noise doing that. So I pee. The bathroom's door shut. And halfway through peeing, I open the curtain. And he's not in there. <gasps> and he was making the most noise he has ever made. And then I continue peeing. And I, <laughs> with the curtain now open. Yeah. And it fucking starts again. And so I throw the curtain the last, like, four inches open, and it stops. What the hell? But he rolls around, and cats are loud when they're yeah, rolling yeah, around yeah. the bathtub. It was so much noise, and, like, I swear the curtain was moving. And he wasn't in there. And not only that, the door was closed. He was in the fucking bathroom. That's wow. so weird. And you don't have, like, but, a vent or anything in there oh, either? nothing. I think there's something to be said when, like, you're at your most vulnerable, yeah. like, when you're sick or, like, something happens. Like, that's when... Your subconscious yeah. is available for attack. And so. it's literally only been when I'm sick and in that bathroom in my house. No other place in the house, which the house is That's fine. That's the place where you live now? Yeah. Oh. Oh, this happened two weeks ago. Yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah. That's bizarre. I wants to watch you pee. Ew. I, I don't <laughs> like that. Let me be. So you that also be. is maybe three to four night nights. No, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah, I just went. Just because you're in the bathroom. Well, <laughs> I'm going back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I went back to bed. Fair enough. Thanks for joining us on this week's adventure. And special thanks to Anthony Ployhart for our original music. Find more at eeriequery.com. Share your stories to eeriequerypod at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram for more at eeriequery. I've been your host this week, Jordan, and I've been joined here with Allie London and Bree Brubaker. Bye. 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 Bye.